Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. This is the post-game podcast. It is a victorious post-game podcast. The Timberwolves have now won seven straight after beating the shorthanded Golden State Warriors on Tuesday night in the Bay Area. This was full of everything. We had a brawl early in the game, three ejections before anybody scored. We had Carl Anthony Towns playing his best offensive game of the season. Clutch moments from virtually everyone in the Timberwolves lineup down the stretch as the Wolves hung on to beat a feisty a pesky shorthanded Warriors team. We'll break it all down here on the post game pod. Welcome in. You are locked on Wolves. You are locked on Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Lockdown Wolves. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy hump day. Happy Timberwolves game day and happy victory Wednesday. The Wolves won Tuesday night in Golden State. They're back at it again tonight in Phoenix. And there's so much to get to here on the show today. Uh, just, Just so much to talk about after this one. First of all, though, off the top, a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. By the way, if you miss the postcast, you should be able to find that on the audio feed. It's the episode before this one in your feed. Um, Jack Borman joined our friend um, Sam Ekstrom over at Lockdown Sports Minnesota last night, live, middle of the night after the game out on the West Coast. And you can also find that video if you missed it live uh, over on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. So tons of content for you. Also, the Minnesota Basketball Party will be in your feed later today, a recording I'm doing with uh, those same two guys, Sam, Jack, we got Ron Johnson, we got Reggie Wilson from CARE 11 on the Minnesota Basketball Party. So that'll be the next episode in the Lockdown Wolves audio feed. And again, that video is also over the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Tons of content uh, for you as the Wolves are now the number one team in the Western Conference, eight and two. Uh, so lots to talk about. You can also follow the show on X at Lockdown T Wolves and then my account, which is at B Beacon. That's with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right. I got to start with what happened at the start of the game. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. I feel like it's been hashed and rehashed already on, on X. Like everybody's said what they need to say. The memes are out there. Um, but to reset it, if you missed it, no Steph Curry with the knee injury, and of course the history of what happened on on Sunday um, with uh, you know, brief Nas Kaminga dust up, um, a more significant dust up. Well, the Chris Paul rolling into Mike Conley's legs thing, which the Wolves were reportedly quietly upset about in the locker room, according to um, I believe John Krasinski said that on Twitter the other day, and um, you know there was the Dre Ant thing, right, which didn't lead to technicals, but there was the back and forth, and and that was making the rounds on on social media. So, like, not even a minute and a half into this game, you get what appeared to just be Jaden McDaniel. Like, Clay was kind of pseudo boxing out. Jaden McDaniels got his hand up high on Jaden. Looked like maybe his finger got caught in his jersey. Or he tried to tug it. Jaden didn't like it. Tried to get free. Tried to push back. Now their hands are caught in each other's jerseys. Clay Thompson's jersey gets ripped, and in that process, Rudy comes over, tries to grab Clay from behind and play peacemaker. And uh, we all saw what Draymond did, and it was less so uh, peaceful. Where it was, hey, I'm going to try and pull you off by your neck, and then not, you know, grab you right around the timeline at half court and pull you all the way to the opposite free throw line, uh, which is um, 
it's not peacemaking. I was actually a little surprised Rudy didn't get a tech because we've seen peacemakers get technicals before. I think it was, you know, that's happened to Cat. Um, but, you know, that's maybe not surprising. Uh, but anyway, no tech for Rudy, which was the right call. I was a little surprised they ejected both McDaniels and, um, and Clay Thompson because it really felt like their hands were kind of caught in each other's jerseys, and that's really what escalated as much as anything. But it was probably the right move, whatever. Those guys are both gone. Draymond getting ejected with the flagrant two, that makes a ton of sense. Uh, so I have no problem, really, with how it ultimately was officiated. Uh, the idea that there's some folks... Uh, well, I'm not even going to get into it. Obviously, what happened is what should have happened, right? Draymond was far more aggressive than Rudy Gobert and got what he deserved in terms of the ejection. And that was... So, like... I guess resetting things. Now you have the Warriors' three best players unavailable: Steph Curry, um, Draymond Green, and Clay Thompson, all unavailable. The Timberwolves have, yeah, they're missing their best perimeter defender, but they have their best three all-around players in Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, and Anthony Edwards. Um, so, advantage Timberwolves, right? Well, we've seen this movie before, and and we saw it for much of last year. It's it's the classic. 2022-23 Timberwolves versus a bad team or a good team missing its best players. It the the setup was completely it was completely familiar if you watched the Wolves all of last season. Um somewhere like early third quarter, I, I it kind of felt that way really the rest of the first half. Uh Nas had some good moments in the first quarter, kind of pulled the Wolves out of it for a minute. And then uh, second quarter, Cat was very good. The Wolves were still down at halftime, though, again, which against a, a really, uh, like a, a team that had no business be, being ahead of the Wolves, right? Just with who was available for them. The Wolves were down five at halftime. Um, and of course, we had the uh, 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 Brandon uh, Brandon Pajemski, Pajemski, excuse me, Brandon Pajemski, who scored eight points in like a minute and 10 seconds last uh, Sunday night in garbage time and made it not so garbage time was fantastic for the Warriors was hitting just crazy shots. We had Corey Joseph banking a shot, uh, you know, from the corner that he had a corner three pointer, like just at some point you force teams to take enough tough shots. These guys are pro basketball players. They're, they're going to make some. Um, and it felt like the defense was as much unlucky as anything else in the first half. The offense was another story. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, but then at halftime, it just kind of this, this Paul kind of hung over the game where it was like, yeah, the Warriors have all the energy, they have all the momentum. And then third quarter, midway through, kind of the same thing. You know, you started to see people on on Twitter, on, on X, tweeting like saying, hey, I'm going to bed. We've seen this movie before, right? Like, and I get it. I get it. This year's team is clearly different. It's clearly different. And I said it when they won on Friday night, when they didn't have their best game against the Spurs, and they ended up, you know, kind of sleepwalking through a good chunk of that game, ended up winning fairly easily at the end of that one by multiple possessions. Sunday, when they played a good team and could have folded, a, a fully stocked Warriors team and could have folded, but ended up emerging victorious for, again, in a different situation. And I'm saying it again after this game, because last year's team would have folded like a cheap card table uh, in in the late third quarter. Instead, it, like you had Shake Milton with some of his best possessions as a Timberwolf, and we don't have a whole lot to choose from because he's struggled over the first 10 games this season. He's had two or three good games. The rest of it's been very forgettable. He had some strong possessions, hit a couple of tough and ones. Um, Carlton Towns hit some big shots at the end of the third quarter, and it feels like, hey, the Wolves got to within four. Like uh, when it was five or six points, it felt like it was 15. It really did because of the momentum and just the, the how sluggish the Wolves offense was. And then the Wolves pulled it within four and you think, okay, here we come. 
you know, it, this is this is this is going to be fine. They have a good defensive possession. Cat gets a rebound, kind of gets his legs taken out from him, kind of shoved. Uh, I think it was Kaminga got into him a little bit, and he threw a, a sloppy outlet pass um, to try and and um, you know get the ball out from under the basket. He was kind of falling out of bounds because of the shove. So I'll call this fifty percent Cat's fault, fifty percent that it should have been a foul. Um, and he threw it right to the Warriors. They get it to to Pajemski, who knocks down an insane turnaround three pointer from. Um, just above the break on the right side of the floor. And all of a sudden it's back to seven points and it feels like, is this actually going to happen? And, and, you know, poor shake got his moment ripped away from him. So you go to the fourth quarter, the wolves are down seven. And then all of a sudden um, things start to look much better for the wolves. And it's mostly Carl Thay towns again, and this it's back and forth down the stretch. And I want to talk about the last couple of possessions and then get to my key takeaways. Um, and that's where we'll spend a lot of today is, is obviously those key takeaways. Uh, but, but the, the top one for me before I get to the end of the game is that everything about this looked like last year's classic, you know, lost to a bad team or lost to a good team, missing its best players. Mid third quarter, Carl Thay towns, shake Milton veterans on this team, pulled the thing out of a tailspin. They did. Um, and yes, it was back. It was five at halftime. It was seven, you know, going to the fourth and the Wolves actually ended up being a minus two in the third quarter. Um, but that's when you felt the tide turning and the fourth quarter had obviously turned entirely. That's what we're going to talk about next. But this, this, this is just a different feel. It absolutely is a different feel. Uh, we'll talk fourth quarter. We'll talk key takeaways. We'll talk individual players because basically to a guy like the top six guys in the rotation, or I guess top five with no Jade McDaniels for the vast majority of this game, all played a key role in closing this thing out and winning, uh, beating the Golden State Warriors, which I know they're super shorthanded. This is still a gutsy win given where this game was. And again, the Paul that kind of hung over it. It's tough to play at Chase Center. Um, you still got to deal with Chris Paul and his um, shenanigans and, uh, it, it was not an easy win by any means. And I want to talk about how the Wolves pulled it out. We'll do that all, all we'll do all that here next. Today's episode is brought to us by our friends at eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So Let's check out who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit, our fantasy pick of the week. I'm going to go with Jacob Gilliard. Timberwolves, uh, we'll call you Timberwolves Summer League heads, diehard Timberwolves fans. You're a real Timberwolves fan if you know why Jacob Gilliard is relevant to the Wolves. That's right, he played on the 2022 Las Vegas Summer League entry for the Wolves. Former Virginia, University of Virginia, or excuse me, Richmond Spiders guard Jacob Gilliard played in Summer League as an undrafted free agent with the Wolves in 2022. And I will say that I mostly remember that before looking it up. I knew he played for the Wolves. I couldn't remember which Summer League 2022. For deep leagues right now, Gilliard has been starting for the Grizzlies, and he is a strong source of assists, according to Josh Lloyd. Josh Lloyd, again, from Fantasy Locked On Fantasy Basketball, is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows the championship team is about bringing is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the exact same with your vehicle. We've all had a car, um, you know, our first car or a car that we've loved that you just need to fix it to keep it running. Or maybe it's a cool upgrade that you really wanted. We've all been there. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, 
not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, uh, let's talk fourth quarter. I'm not going to go blow by blow because nobody needs that. You can go back and watch it, and I encourage you to do so. It's a great watch, the fourth quarter. But down the stretch, it, like like I, I kind of breeze past some of the real mid-game issues, and I guess that'll be part of my key takeaways. But um, everything that I kind of listed, and I think I had a tweet about this or a post on X or whatever at some point in the third quarter where I said, hey, this looks like last year's team. Rudy's a step slow. Um, Ant is inconsistent and complete or um, – Ant is sloppy, sloppy passes and complaining. Carl Anthony Towns is inconsistent. I have in my notes, um, Ant is struggling with pick and roll game. He's struggling with when they're hedging hard on the perimeter. Um, he's getting caught on the side of the floor too much. He's got to stay in the middle. And then he's making these, he had one like lazy left-handed flat-footed pass to the corner, like almost a skip pass and it got picked off easily. Like possessions like that, Rudy was like not even contesting shots in the paint that on Sunday, he was striking fear in the heart of every single Golden State Warriors player that even considered setting foot in the paint. In this game, Rudy was just kind of feigning like he was going to do it and wasn't actually, until the fourth quarter, wasn't actually attacking you know, the the whoever had the ball in their hands as they were heading into the paint. It was kind of laying back, almost hoping for a rebound versus contesting shots. Carl Anthony Towns was inconsistent. He had those tunnel vision moments offensively. All that stuff flipped in the fourth quarter. And it was exactly like we've seen so many other good teams, like legitimately good teams due to the Timberwolves every single year. It feels like, like how many times even last year would a team kind of play with their food against the wolves. And all of a sudden, all those stars that weren't playing well, the first three quarters turned it on in the fourth quarter. It's not obviously what you want. And I'm sure coaches hate it, right? Is this wolves team that good that they can do it? I, I hope that they don't think that, but that's what happened in this game. Rudy, Cat, and Ant were all very pedestrian for most, save for Cat's second quarter, were very pedestrian for the first three quarters, and it sometimes just bad. Fourth quarter, they all turned it on. Rudy had a couple of massive blocks. We'll talk about the last one here in a second. Um, Carl Anthony Towns was was all NBA Carl Anthony Towns. Like, threes, uh, scoring in the paint, getting to the line, um, defensive rotations were decent. Like, all that stuff was there. And then Ant down the stretch made the right reads, and avoided the like tunnel vision ISO thing. Like I was so worried that that's what was going to happen to Ant down the stretch. And it didn't. I mean, there were a couple of four shots, but for the most part, he made the right reads. And it was just completely turned on its head from what we saw for the vast majority of the first two and a half quarters in this game. Um, it was so good to see. The last couple of possessions with the Timberwolves up one, um, Rudy Gobert, lunges into the left corner and blocks Dario Saric's three-point attempt that obviously if he makes it, the Wolves are now down two. And that was with like, what, like 50 seconds left? I'm going to see if I can get the exact um, the exact timing on when that was. But that to me, everyone want, rightfully wants to talk about the, um, the pass that Anthony Edwards made to Mike Conley that happened right after that. But it's so easy to just gloss over. I, I really don't want to gloss over how impressive that block shot was 
from from Rudy Gobert. Here we go. Thirty three seconds. Thirty three point one on the block on the clock with the Wolves up one after Cat missed a three pointer. The Wolves had called a timeout. Which, by the way, side point. Chris Finch did an outstanding job calling timeouts in this game. We know he loves to use the user to lose it timeout. He called a couple of timely timeouts when the Wolves actually had momentum in the fourth quarter to keep his best players on the floor, give them a rest, uh, just give them a blow, get them right back out there. Called a timeout with 51 seconds left, called a play to get Towns uh, a three-point attempt from his favorite spot at the top of the key. He misses it. On the other end, with 33 seconds left, Gobert lunges to a wide-open Sharich in the right corner and blocks his three-point shot. Towns grabs the loose ball. The Wolves come down, up one after the block by Rudy. And Ant drives to his right, uh, does a really good job of kind of navigating into that sweet spot where he's been hitting those banks. He missed one in a big spot in this game that just rattled out, but he hit that big one on Sunday. Kind of in that same, um, like, wing, middle-of-the-floor area. And he slings a pass, jumps up, almost a jump pass over to the opposite corner to Conley. Not a perfect pass, but close enough that Conley could catch it, reset his feet, knock down the dagger three. The Wolves go up four with 9.1 seconds left. And in that moment, oh, and I should say, actually, the possession before when Carl Anthony Towns, uh, go, so rewinding to about a minute, a minute seven left on the clock, the Wolves were down two. Ant missed that bank shot that I just mentioned, that that kind of spinning turnaround uh, bank shot that rattled out. Kyle Anderson grabs an offensive rebound in traffic, slings it out to the perimeter, and Towns hits the three-point jumper to put the Wolves up one in that moment. So right there, the final minute and, and nine seconds, you have Kyle Anderson with the key offensive rebound. Cat knocks down the go-ahead shot. Gobert blocks the shot in the corner. Um, Ant makes the pass, gets into the paint, makes the pass to the opposite corner. Mike Conley knocks down the three-pointer. All five players on the floor, which are your starters, plus Kyle Anderson in place of Jaden McDaniels, who was ejected in the first quarter. All five starters in the final minute and nine seconds impacted this game and, and allowed the Timberwolves to win by three points. All five players on the floor for the Wolves. This was a consummate team win. And Carlton Towns deserves to be the headliner in this one because he was phenomenal. And we'll talk more about him when we do studs and duds next. But that that final segment, slow-mo offensive rebound, cat three-pointer, Rudy block, cat rebound, ant assist, Conley three-pointer was so fantastic. And it, it really turned everything else that happened in this game on its head. Um, my biggest concerns, like all my, all my notes that I was ready to talk about, because like I was pretty sure they were going to lose this game, like most other people were midway through the third quarter. I wanted to talk about uh, the the lazy offense, the sloppy offense. I actually thought the defense was okay. It was just a little bit slow. Rebounding, they still ended up a big minus, the rebounding category. That was a problem again in this game. Um, and it was kind of more of the same, right? Um, I talked about Ant's struggles in the pick and roll. Golden State was just, they were just essentially trapping him in pick and roll. We saw teams do this to him last year and he struggled. And sometimes he kind of drifts to the sideline and then the sideline acts as a defender and he gets completely trapped, tries jump passes, tries, you know, whatever he can think of. And it often doesn't work. There were some turnover issues in this game. He had five turnovers. He shot just seven of 16. It was not a perfect Anthony Edwards game, but he came through at the end of the game when it mattered most. Um, it was not a perfect Towns game. There were some shot selection issues. Same deal. He also had five turnovers. He came in big, came up big when it mattered most. Rudy Gobert, this was his worst game. I had written down in my notes, worst game of the season for Rudy. He looked every bit 
as much as I've been praising him for looking like 2019, 2020, you're ready to go bear for this season, all the superlatives I've thrown at him, um, the, the praises I've sung about how nimble and all that stuff Rudy looks this year, it did not look like that in this game. He looked like last year's Rudy Gobert. He did. He looked a step, maybe a step and a half slow for the first three quarters. He turned it on in the fourth quarter. He turned it on in the fourth quarter. Credit to him for that. 13 boards on a night where a few of the, a few of the guys in the Wolves looked like they were allergic to rebounding once again, which is an ongoing issue that needs to continually be addressed. But... 13 boards was big. Those three blocks, two of them in the fourth quarter were big. Um, the Wolves at inexplicably continue to try and force feed him at times in this game on the offensive side of the ball. I thought he did an okay job in terms of his body control and, and his hands and just trying to corral some of those difficult passes. I thought that was it was decent. Um, just, uh, man, again, there's really no other way to say it. Everything that was wrong about the first two and a half plus quarters was right in the fourth quarter in this game. And, and that is the makeup of this team. The And I think Chris Finch deserves some credit for being as calm as he is. And timeout usage, he's learned from that clearly. It was very good in this game. Substitution patterns, being able to, like he gave Conley a rest with, he had a, um, Nikhil Alexander-Walker on the floor with Conley. He took Conley out, put Kyle Anderson in, left Alexander-Walker on the floor in the fourth quarter, and then took Alexander-Walker back out and put Conley back in. So he was going starters minus McDaniels plus Anderson. Like the the way he handled those those substitution patterns, I thought, was really adept in this game. Um, and, and so kudos to Chris Finch for that. I want to do individual studs and duds. We'll put a bow on this thing. We'll go through the box score, talk about some key stats here next, uh, and that'll be how we close out the show today. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at Ibotta. How does free Thanksgiving sound to you? This year, Ibotta is here to give you cash back and help make sure that your Thanksgiving table is complete because who wants turkey without the gravy? Starting November 1st for the fourth year in a row, well, November 1st to the 15th. So right now for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers and upload your receipt. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back so that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. You can also earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers. When you start with Ibotta, that includes Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Download the Ibotta app right now and use the code LOCKED to get 100 cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting right now. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app. Use the code LOCKED. Again, that's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store and use our code LOCKED. All right, let's close this thing out by talking individual studs and duds. And we have to start with the fantastic Carl Anthony Towns. He was awesome in this game. You'll see it there on your screen if you're watching on YouTube. 33 points, 11 rebounds, two assists for Carl Anthony Towns. He also had a couple of steals. And uh, yeah, he turned it over five times. Um, but he also shot the ball well from the floor, five of 12 from three. We've been waiting for that three point shooting breakout. Um, he just, we haven't seen it to this point. He was really good from deep in this game. Should have had more than four free throw attempts. 12 of 26 shooting overall. So he shot 12 threes. He shot uh, 14 at two-pointers. 7 of 14 from 
from two-point range. He did miss a couple of mid-range shots that were just in and out. Um, I, I just feel like the jumper looks more comfortable. He's just in general more comfortable than he was for the first, call it, two weeks of the season. He played 42 minutes, by far a team high in this game, a game high 42 minutes. Just a really strong Carl Anthony Towns game, and it's so much fun to see him when he's going like this. I mean, his three-point shot from his straightaway three-point shot, completely unguardable. And when he gets going, it's unstoppable. Um, it just he is if like he is the reason the Timberwolves won this game. His fourth quarter play was phenomenal. He came through when the Wolves needed it most, and I can't say enough about Carl Anthony Towns. It's so fun. And also, I will say, as sluggish as the offense was for the Wolves. I never felt like they truly weren't playing hard really at any point. It just kind of felt like they were stuck in mud. Not so with Cat. Other than just a couple of those possessions, which you're allowed when you're going, you know, when the team's relying on you and you're going well, to have a couple of those like tunnel vision type possessions, and Ant does it too, obviously. Um, other than a couple of those, I thought Cat was playing at an appropriate pace all game. It didn't feel like he was sluggish. It never felt like he was too rushed, which happens at times with him. Um, other than I guess there were a couple bad outlet passes that you know among those five turnovers, but by and large. I thought his composure, and I don't know that I've ever really said this about Cat, was pretty on point in this game and set a good tone for the Wolves. So he absolutely gets a stud for this one. I, I was I was really happy with how he played. Um, another stud for me in this game, uh, I'm going to go with Mike Conley. Conley had 13 points on four of six shooting, three of four outside the arc, had a couple of big threes, obviously the dagger with with nine seconds left. Made both his free throw attempts, eight assists and only one turnover, which is becoming a pretty routine performance for Mike Conley to have a turnover assist to turnover ratio of something like seven, eight to one. Again, 13 and eight in this game, a couple of rebounds, a couple of steals, just the one turnover. And in a game the Wolves won by three, he was a team best, a game best, plus 12. A fantastic Mike Conley performance once again in this one. And he just doesn't generally get enough credit um, overall. Um, I could go either Ant or Rudy for my third star. Um, I mean, they could split it like Rudy had nine and 13 and three blocks. Obviously that big one on Sharich Edwards had 24 and four plus three steals, but he did have the five turnovers. I guess I would go with Ant because, um, he did have a couple of big shots in the fourth quarter. He also had the game winning assist and, um, the maturity that he showed in that moment to not just take a really difficult shot, but instead he knew, hey, they're loading up on me. Someone's in the opposite corner. And uh, as Ant Ant would say, it was bite-bite in the opposite corner. Um, Wide open for what ended up being the the dagger, the final nail in the coffin to the shorthanded Golden State Warriors as Minnesota Mike knocked it down. Just a really strong play from Anthony Edwards. And it's not a play he would have made last year. It's not a play he would have made two years ago. Like this is... This is Ant. He's not going to get it right every time. Nobody does, right? But that was the absolute right play. And, and he made it, and the Timberwolves won. Um, other notable players, nobody really gets a dud in this game. I guess McDaniels for getting ejected, right? Um, Shake Milton had a strong third quarter. We talked about that. Nas, his first quarter was great. Everything else was bad. Um, he only played 16 minutes. He had 10 points, and I believe eight of them came in the first quarter, if I'm not mistaken. He got a little bit out of control, got called for attack at one point. Um, just like a little bit too much of an emotional game from Nas. 10 points, two rebounds in 16 minutes. No other stats, really. Uh, he did, did knock down a couple of threes. Kyle Anderson, overall a good game. 
Um, he seemed to, to continues to be a calming presence for the Wolves, and their offense just generally functions better when he's on the floor. I don't think he's played as well as he did last year so far in the first 10 games. Obviously, the season is still painfully young, uh, but he was good in this game. I thought he was very good. All right. Um, a real quick look at the box score stats. I mean, I've alluded to some of this. Shooting percentage-wise, this is the Wolves did not hold the Warriors under 40%, but 42% is a really good opponent field goal percentage. The stat I was using on yesterday's show, on Tuesday's show, was the Wolves have held seven coming into Tuesday night's game. The Wolves had held seven of nine opponents to 41% shooting or lower. Well, now we could say, if we want to just keep moving that goalpost a little bit, eight of 10 opponents to 42% and lower. They're still going to be the number one defense in the league after this game. Um, I mean, the Warriors scored just 101 points, shot 42% for the field. The Wolves forced 19 turnovers in this game. They were a minus four on the glass, which is worrisome. And for the second straight game, Golden State outfouled the Wolves, uh, which is also really good to see, to see Minnesota um, controlling themselves when it comes to committing fouls. Uh, it's very unusual. and That's maybe one of the more jarring things about the early stages of the season for the Wolves to see Cat not get into foul trouble on a nightly basis. McDaniels has had a little bit and obviously was out of this game after two minutes, but um, it's so refreshing to see the Timberwolves not be in that situation every single night. Um, of course, the Wolves have the Phoenix Suns tonight, Wednesday night. I had said on Tuesday's show that I would spend a little bit of time previewing it. There was too much to talk about in this game. I don't have anything else to say. I don't have any time to talk about the Phoenix game. It's an 8 p.m. Central tip, um, and Phoenix should have everybody back. Uh, that's that's what they're saying. I believe Devin Booker is officially listed as probable to play. He hasn't played in a while. Bradley Beal's supposed to play. Um, so it's a game, I mean, Phoenix, I believe FanDuel has Phoenix favored by five or five and a half was, was the last line that I saw over at our friends at FanDuel. Um, so second night of a back-to-back emotional win Tuesday, like, frankly, it's house money, right? Like, obviously you want to win every game and that's, that's the, that's what the Wolves should try and do. Um, but if the Wolves win in Phoenix, it's, it's, they're playing with house money and then they get two nights off before they're back at it at New Orleans on Saturday. So, um, It'd be a lot of fun if they did. It's going to be a difficult game, no question. And of course, Phoenix hasn't been what everyone's expecting them to be ultimately this year. They're four and six right now. They're just one and four at home. Um, to have McDaniels, presumably he'll play after being ejected Tuesday. I'd be surprised if he's suspended Wednesday. Uh, to have him to to guard Kevin Durant and have Anthony Edwards to guard Devin Booker would be huge. So, um, of course, Nikhil Alexander-Walker will be busy too. Uh, I didn't really talk about him at all, but he was solid in this game too and and played a big role, played like 25 minutes off the bench because of the McDaniels uh, ejection. So uh, they'll need all those guys Wednesday. It's going to be a difficult game. The live postcast will go down after that game as well on Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube. We'll have that audio here on this audio feed and then I'll do the postgame pod for Thursday. So this same idea, Thursday morning early, you'll get it after Wolves Suns from Phoenix on Wednesday night. I also want to remind you that uh, you can listen to Alan Horton on the call of Wolves Suns. Again, that's a 8 p.m. Central tip. Catch every bucket of the game on the Hometown Broadcast with Alan Horton on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Minnesota Timberwolves. That's all we have for you today here on the show. A big thank you for watching. A big thank you for listening. A big thank you for making the show your first listen every single day. Of course, you can listen anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. You can watch on YouTube. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon. That's with two B's, two E's, C K E N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, 
The Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.